the Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, we are going to talk about the flesh and what that means for you as a believer and the prophetic implications of our flesh. I was listening to another podcast with some celebrities from the 90s, some that I had grown up with, and was curious about what they were up to and just, you know, saw that pop up on my feed. And so I listened to two different celebrities that were, uh, you know, from a few years back, and both of them had a conversation about psychology and where they're at today and, and how what their mind is, what their mindset is. And so it got me thinking about some of the things that they said and pointed out. Now, of course, these are secular artists, and I don't have expectations for them to be spiritual. They were attempting to be, I believe, spiritual, and I believe they were sincere. But because they weren't using biblical principles, they sort of uh, missed the mark by a good bit. And so I just wanted to talk about that. So both of them were talking about, obviously, they had been uh, had some spent some time in therapy with uh, counselors and psychologists, and they kept talking about being present and having mindfulness, and they kept talking about empowering their self and and things like that. And while I'm not here to criticize those things necessarily, I do want to use them to highlight a point. The world's message is one of self of empowering yourself. And and they tell you, you can do that through your health, or you can do that through your mental health, or you can do that through education or, or whatever, you know, the avenue is, but that the key to success and fulfillment is through self. Well, as I began to listen to that, it got me thinking and I was like, whoa, put the brakes on. That is contrary to the message that the Lord has in his word. And I believe that the Word of God is authoritative. It is absolute. It is perfect. It is a finished, perfect work. That is the Lord speaking to us. And I use the scripture in John 1, 1 that says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is speaking to us prophetically, direct from heaven, all the time, through His Word. That is the primary way We receive communication from the Lord. And one of the themes in the New Testament for a believer to operate in this life is the message of dying to yourself, or also it's called crucifying your flesh. And this was one of the main themes that Paul taught in the early church. And so I just wanted to spend a few minutes highlighting this message about crucifying our flesh. What does that mean? What do you mean crucify the flesh? Well, the world is telling us that empowerment and success and fulfillment comes from inflating the self, that it's all about self, self self-empowerment. But that's contrary to God's word. That's a humanistic, secular approach. And that may work for a season, But that is not God's will for your life. And so let's dig into this. I'm not going to take too much of your time. I'm going to try not to pepper you with too many scriptures, but I do want to give some scriptural foundation for what we're talking about. We're going to start in Galatians 2.20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ 
who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, Paul obviously did not get up on a cross when Jesus did. Not naturally. He's speaking here in an allegory, talking about his spiritual self, of course. And so this is a concept that believers in this modern era, I believe, uh, in the church, as we have shifted to almost a self-help mentality, if, I, if I'm being honest and I go into the Christian book section of a store, a lot of the books there are geared toward self-help. While I'm not criticizing that on the whole, that's not a direct criticism of that, but that is uh, extremely elementary, and there is a higher way, there is a better way based out of the Scripture. So let's dig into this concept. In Galatians 5.24, he says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So, the fruits of the Spirit really cover this, but easier said than done. Sometimes that's a process, that's a work. God gives us grace. The Holy Spirit is our guide. We, uh, this is part of why we go to church, to surround ourselves with encouragement of other believers and to be in discipleship. This is a process. It's not just going to happen overnight. And, and I'm not even talking about the concept of holiness or sanctification. That's sort of next level. But just crucifying your flesh, overcoming that fleshly sin nature. Now, I'm just going to give my two cents. I believe that everyone has sort of a default emotion. For some people, it's anger. For some people, it's to be uh, sad or depressed. For some people, you know, it's uh, whatever. And so you have to use the spirit of self-control, and you have to crucify your flesh spiritually through the Word of God in order to overcome those things and become stronger as a believer. Let me give us some more scripture, because I'm really just going to give you scripture. I don't want to pepper too many, but I also want to be anchored in the Word of God on this. Romans 6 says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We sing about that in church. There's songs that talk about that. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lust, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. This is not about a bunch of rules telling you what you cannot do. This is about God's grace and His guidance empowering you 
to achieve something higher spiritually. And, and this, like I said, this is not about rules. This is about the attitude of our heart, about drawing closer to the Lord. He is holy. Therefore, we have to approach him with fear and reverence. And I say that word fear as in respect. But there is a degree of fear mixed in with that too. I don't want to uh, be naive here. Let me keep reading. So how do, we cl- how do we crucify the flesh? What am I talking about? And if you've heard this before, hey, this is something we need to hear all the time. I am preaching to myself first. I am an imperfect person. I have my own default emotions that I have to grapple with and I have to deal with and I have to keep in check. And so we all do. We all need to hear this. And if this is a new concept to you, then I encourage you to take some of these scriptures and dig in, dig into this message. This is good stuff. How do we crucify the flesh? Well, first of all, it's already been done. That's the good news here. Uh, This is not going to be as hard as you think it's going to be. Let me give us some scripture for that. John 19.30 says that Jesus was on the cross. He said, Totalistai, it is finished. It's already been done. Here's our Hebrews 4 moment. It was already done from the foundation of the earth. You just have to rest in it, trusting the Lord, walking it out by faith. Such a good message. Well, what's another way we can die to our flesh? 1 Corinthians 15, 31, Paul says, I die daily. He says, I crucify my flesh daily. This is an ongoing process, a daily thing that we have to deal with. We live in a carnal fallen world. Therefore, we have to deal with our flesh every single day. That's just the way it is. With my natural body, if I don't brush my teeth every day, uh, my breath will be unpleasant. People will not enjoy speaking with me. If I don't bathe regularly, I will become stinky And it's the same thing with our spiritual selves. If we don't let the washing of the water of the word deal with our flesh on a daily basis, then our spirit man will be stinky. It will be unpleasant. People will not want to be around us because that flesh will be coming through. And, you know, I've I've been in situations where I was around someone and they were pleasant and nice, but, you know, maybe maybe they didn't smell that great. Maybe weren't, they weren't super clean. And it can be very off-putting. It can be, um, it can really distract you from engaging with that person. Well, your spirit man is the same way when when you have carnal nature about you if you're angry all the time or you know whatever it can be very off-putting and so listen to this take this in this is good word about dying to yourself and it's important it is christ in you the hope of glory that enables us and that is the one who helps us to crucify our flesh daily in first john 1 9 through 10 It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is your daily spiritual bath, so to speak. It's through the washing of the water of 
the Word. I want to leave us with some quotes, and I want to leave us with a couple of simple steps to help you to crucify your flesh, to die to yourself. This one is so powerful by a man named Peter Kreft. He said, this is the secret of life. The self lives only by dying, finds its identity and its happiness only by self-forgetfulness, self-giving, self-sacrifice, and agape love. That is a powerful quote. I want to drill down on one point that was made in here, and it's about how it finds its identity. I've just got four simple points to help us drive this home, and the first one is identity. In Romans 8, chapter 16, by the way, Romans 8 is, uh, I call it Romans 8 while you wait. It is the whole chapter on how to live life in the Spirit. We don't want to live by the flesh. In fact, Romans 7 spells out life in the flesh. And Romans chapter 8 deals with life in the Spirit. So let me read this, Romans eight sixteen through 17. And I'm going to back up actually to verse 14. It says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That's your identity. That's what I'm talking about. Verse 15, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. You're a child of God. Your identity is in your father, Jesus. Verse 16 says, And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Indeed, we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So number one is identity. First of all, to know who you are and whose you are. You don't have to live a life of sin, a life in the flesh, because you have been adopted into the Spirit, into being a child of God. And so you need to live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. You know, we live in a fallen, cursed world. Sin entered the world in the Garden of Eden, and you were born into sin. You know, there are people that will go around and tell you that uh, all people are good and... I'm sorry, that is contrary to God's word. You were born into a sinful world with a sinful nature. And that nature has to be crucified. It has to die. In fact, when we have baptism, it is symbolic of you being buried, so to speak, with Christ and resurrected into new life. Life in the spirit. This is what we're talking about. Number two, I love this quote right here because it just sums up what we're talking about. But number two is uh, on the seed principle. Everything goes back to the seed principle. And this is from A.W. Tozer. I've got a book here that I love to refer to all the time uh, called Keys to the Deeper Life by A.W. Tozer. But it says here, before there can be fullness, there must be emptiness. Oh, I love this. He says, before there can be fullness, there must be emptiness. Before God can fill us with himself, we must first be emptied of ourselves. 
How powerful is that? And really, this is reminiscent of a scripture. I want to talk about the next thing, which is to number three, is to set good boundaries. Romans 16, 17 and 18 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving the Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. And he just goes on to give a warning. But you have to put good, healthy boundaries in your life. If there are people who are dirtying you up spiritually, then you need to separate yourself or limit your contact with hold them at arm's length from those people. You don't need to wallow in the mud. You need to to put good, healthy boundaries in your life. If you've had a problem with, uh, you know, alcohol and alcoholism or addiction, then you obviously don't need to be going to places where that is readily available. If you've had a problem, you know, with, I don't know, whatever, if I, with depression, then you don't need to be going watching sad movies that get you down. You know, common sense. Some of this is common sense. And then number four, I just want to talk about being intentional. Just being intentional, choosing life, choosing to say every day, okay, today I'm going to deny my flesh and I'm going to choose to live by the Spirit. And I just want to bring this all home by making it very simple. I'm a simple person. We are made up of flesh, soul, and spirit. Now, the realm of the soul is mingled between the spirit and the flesh. It's the realm of your mind, will, emotions, and intellect. And oftentimes that is the war within. Your fleshly part is sort of primal, if you will. And so the one you feed the most is the one that will dominate. And oftentimes that means your soul will dominate. That's why it's so important that you feed your spirit man the Word of God. I recommend a daily devotional. I recommend, you know, uh, listening to messages or podcasts on scriptures, messages like these that give you scripture and just break it down and explain it to you. You must feed your spirit man daily by the washing of the water of the Word that cleanses that carnal nature. And it's oftentimes that daily, every day, bit by bit, and it accumulates and, and you become uh, spiritually powerful over time. You, you, you begin to become so much easier. You know, when you try to learn something for the first time, it's not always easy and you feel like, oh, I'm never going to make progress. But it, it is cumulative, and it really does become easier and easier. It's a discipline. That's not a popular word in today's culture, but self-discipline, that's a fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit of self-control. And the Holy Spirit will enable you and empower you. You go on a journey with God together. This has prophetic power in your life. If you want to be prophetic, if you want to have a prophetic voice in your church, it starts with dying to yourself. It's so simple. You know, this all goes back to Jeremiah 29, 11. The Lord has plans for us. He has good plans for us, plans to give us a hope and a future. But if you're too busy following your own plans and your own pursuits, then that will be delayed. And 
it's important that we connect to the plans that God has for us. And so that's what I want to leave you with today to die to self. I'm going to go back over these four simple points. Number one, identity. You have a hope and a future. You have a life in Christ. You are a child of God. You are better than that. You are better than defaulting to these default emotions of anger or depression or whatever you're dealing with. Number two, plant good seeds. And the best seed I can think of is the Word of God. Put that in your heart. It's the washing of the water of the Word. Number three, set healthy boundaries. Don't set yourself up to fail. Set yourself up for success. And then number four, choose life. Be intentional. Make it a point every day to strive toward serving the Lord. And one way that we do that is crucifying our flesh and dying to self. I want to leave us with one more quote. And this one is by T.D. Jakes. He says, I can never experience the next realm of glory until I crucify myself. Oh, what a wonderful quote. If you want to go deeper, if you want to go to the next level, if you want to level up your spiritual life, it starts in dying to yourself. I hope today's message blessed and encouraged you. Have a blessed day. for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.